Shalom. Welcome to another episode of Inspiration from Zion. I'm Jonathan Feldstein, and I have the privilege of being your host, coming to you from the Judean mountains here in Israel. I like to refer to it as the original Bible Belt. Inspiration from Zion is a program of the Genesis 123 Foundation, whose mission is to build bridges between Jews and Christians and Christians with Israel in ways that are new, unique, and meaningful. I pray that you will find this, all of those. Through these programs, we're excited to connect you to people and stories in and relating to Israel to give you a window to look through about aspects of life here that you might not otherwise know about. We want this to be interactive, so please be in touch with us at inspirationfromzion at gmail.com and send along any questions and any comments about any topic, any time. Or you can reach us at genesis123.co or follow and like Inspiration from Zion on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Stay tuned until the end of the program, where we're also going to share an exciting offer and opportunity for you. And please feel free to share this with people who you know who will also find it of interest. Today, I'm doing something a little bit different. Since the beginning of Inspiration from Zion as a podcast, I haven't done too many monologues. Usually, I'm preparing in advance and hosting some amazing, amazing guests. And I want to thank you, all the listeners, for paying attention, for caring, for being interested in in these fantastic conversations that I've been privileged to host. I want to announce here right now for the first time that as of last week, just eight months into the podcast program, we've exceeded 100,000 downloads, which is so incredible and it's such a blessing and a humbling opportunity for me to be your host and have so many people express their genuine interest by listening. I was told when we started Inspiration from Zion back in July to expect 50,000 for the entire first year. And now we've exceeded 100,000 for the for just the first eight months. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what's coming in the next four months as we wrap up our first year, and then as we launch into our second year. Now, I'm going to go do something that I hope for you will be a blessing as much as it was a blessing for me to have the privilege of experiencing all of this. What I like to share with you today is some of the incredible blessings that I experienced while traveling throughout America. I just came home from a three and a half week trip last week. I want to tell you it was the longest trip that I've ever uh, made being away from home, my friends and my family. I slept in 15 different beds over 24 nights, which averaged out to 1.6 nights per bed or beds per night or something, something like that. And it was an incredibly inspiring, incredibly exhilarating and exhausting trip. And it was my first trip back to the U.S. since the beginning of the pandemic two years ago, which I'm going to speak about. Uh, in in a little bit. And I have to say, it was such an incredible experience to be able to come back finally, to be able to see so many, so many of the people that I wanted to see, although there were far too many people in many other states and cities that I wasn't able to get to this time, who I hope to see again next time. You see, if you're not aware of this, I used to travel over 125,000 miles a year on on United Airlines. And between various Hilton and Marriott properties, do over 100 nights in hotels, not including when I would spend an evening with friends or relatives somewhere along the way or a, or a Shabbat in a Jewish community. And I'm going to speak about that as well. This is the first trip back in two years. So it was such a blessing to be able to do that, not without its fears, not without its concerns, not without the worry that I might go ahead and get, get uh, sick with COVID somewhere along the way, a little bit concerned for my own well-being, but more so for the fact that I would be then um, kind of isolated for a couple of days, and that would limit the productivity and potential for, for seeing all the people who I lined up to see in the programs that I had lined up to do. And what I'm going to share with you today are, are several of the, more than several, a dozen or more, just of the highlights and some of the details. But I want to do so in the context of now the fact that I'm back, that I'm back on the road and looking forward to making these trips again on a much more regular basis. I want to, I want to use this as a way to trigger your interest, you, your church, your community to host me and, uh, and continue these conversations, of course, virtually, both by podcast here, Inspiration from Zion, our continued webinar series, also by the same name, 
and also just to continue now replanting the seed of me seeing you in person. Now, I landed in, in uh, New Jersey because that's where most uh, many planes uh, from Israel will come and land either in Newark or, or JFK. Um, there are a number of direct flights uh, between Israel and North America to the West Coast, San Francisco and, and Los Angeles. And there are, there's a direct flight to Chicago. And as of this past week, a new direct flight opened to Boston and direct flights from Miami. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, next month, a new direct flight is opening from Dallas to Israel. And there, and there may be others that I'm missing. But I landed in, in New Jersey and continued on the way to Nashville, which was my first real stop. <clears throat> and it was so nice to be able to be back in Nashville. I've written about this. I've written about this on all Israel news, for which I had the privilege of covering the National Religious Broadcasters Convention as their correspondent. And I've written about it on other websites and will continue to write some of the amazing experiences. But why was it so great to be back at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention, the NRB? Well, I haven't been there in two years. I missed the one in 2021. And Interestingly, and I'm never going to forget this in my life, I can tell you exactly which way my room was facing, the window that I was looking out, when I heard the news for the first time that Israel's national airline, El Al, had laid off its first thousand employees at the beginning of the pandemic, before things got shut down. And I realized, wow, goodness, this is not going to be good. And I prayed about what we could do. And and uh, we, of course, being the Genesis 123 Foundation, launched a couple of programs to be able to provide support. Who knew that it would be as bad as it was? Who knew that it would be as difficult a period of time? Not just here in Israel, but for, for our friends, Jews and Christians, who desperately wanted to be able to come here, but weren't able to, because for so much of the two years with these very narrow windows of opportunity as exemptions, uh, tourism was all but shut down. And now we're back. Vaccinated and unvaccinated tourists are able to come back to Israel. So being at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention brought back those memories and kind of, for me, erased some of the bad uh, experiences of the previous two years. Because here I was now in a place where two years earlier, we were just beginning to learn about the pandemic and how that would be creating havoc on, on us in Israel and the whole world. And in doing so, we were really uh, c- convinced that things were, were going to turn around relatively quick. And, and, and actually, we'll speak about that uh, and, and the renewal of a program that you might not know about. But it was amazing to be there. It was amazing to be there, renewing relationships, seeing people for the first time in a couple of years uh, the, who I have not seen, and making many, many new relationships. And, I, and I'm not a person who typically likes to acknowledge everybody because I'm afraid I'll leave somebody out. And I think that's worse than, tr- than, than trying to acknowledge everybody. But it was so amazing, so amazing to see old friends and meet new friends and the hugs and the embraces and the ability to reconnect was so wonderful. But I was also privileged to be there as the correspondent for all Israel news. You may know that as Joel, hopefully you do, as Joel Rosenberg's relatively new site, just, uh, just under two years old, um, providing a source on news relating to Israel, specifically for evangelical Christians, as a sister website to all Arab news. And Joel and I have become good friends. Uh, I actually hosted him on a podcast uh, a couple of uh, weeks ago. So definitely, definitely something to look at. It was the beginning of the 2022. Look What's to look ahead at the Middle East in 2022? Definitely an episode you're going to want to listen to if you haven't done so already. And I asked Joel if he was going to be at the NRB convention. And when he heard I was going to be, he asked me if I would be their correspondent. So you can look at uh, the articles that I've written for All Israel News on their on their website and uh, and, and check that out. Um, there are going to be some more. I've written a couple, uh, both about the um, taking on of anti-Semitism and the NRB uh, as an organization, um, doing so and, and uh, doing some pr- things that are pretty amazing and noteworthy. And in addition to that, the f- simple fact that the skies are open again as of March 1st this year, skies are open and all tourists can come back to Israel. And thank God we're seeing the hotels filling up and we're seeing bookings uh, increase tremendously. So that was amazing and a real privilege to be as an Orthodox Israeli Jew, the correspondent for all Israel news 
as a website that markets uh, markets toward and reaches evangelical Christians. What a privilege. And I, and I look forward to continuing to be their correspondent and share some more articles and contributing author to All Israel News. The other piece that I was doing was promoting Run for Zion, which if you haven't heard of, you must pause this right now and go to runforzion.com. I want you to know we're back. Run for Zion as the as the first Christian program around the Jerusalem Marathon. And you don't have to be a runner. I'm not a runner. You don't have to be a runner. You can even walk five or 10 kilometers or you can sit on the sidelines. We have an amazing, amazing um, subsidy model to reduce the price, even potentially make it almost free. So you can plan to come to Israel March of 2023 when Run for Zion is back. And we're also expecting to have some other live programs taking place in different cities around the world. Please be in touch with me if you or your uh, family or, or, or friends or your church want to partner with Run for Zion. But definitely, definitely check it out. We were we were interrupted for two years um, but we're, we're but we're back, and and March of 2023, we're expecting to field an amazing, amazing team uh, for Run for Zion here in Jerusalem. And also, I had the privilege of speaking to many people in Nashville about a task force that we're creating. And I look forward to sharing details with you down the road. How to take on and how to combat the situation? It's a very real situation of young evangelicals turning away from their uh, their support away from Israel. Something that's real important to me as an Orthodox Jew, not just because of what it means for Israel, but also what it means for the church. And I've had a number of conversations along the way throughout the three and a half weeks and, and really focused a lot of the conversations in Nashville at the NRB convention about that. So stay tuned about that because we're going to be addressing that as an organization, Genesis 123 Foundation. Now, I began, by the way, I neglected to say, I began in New Jersey for a brief period, touching down and then taking off. In total, I was in eight states. In total, I drove more than 2,000 miles, which if I, uh, my, my American history and, and uh, geography serves me correctly, uh, that's about two-thirds of the length of the United States that I drove across. But I did that only across eight states. And, and stay, stay with me now as I'm going to tell you about how and why this was such an amazing trip and how we can connect in the future as well. So I picked up a rental car in Nashville and I um, began to do some shopping because it was Friday. Now, Friday, as you probably know, is the Sabbath, Shabbat, Friday night. And as Orthodox Jews, we take that pretty seriously as a day of rest. So all the food, all the preparations, everything that we do needs to be done in advance. And I had made some phone calls. There's a wonderful kosher caterer out of uh, Chabad in Nashville, an Orthodox um, uh, institution. And they provided me with some food and I was able to get to a Kroger and buy some more food. And along the way, I was thinking, what am I going to make? How am I going to make it and serve an incredible group of people at my hotel for Shabbat, which is going to be my next stop? on this experience. But first, it was the experience of doing what is kosher. And by the way, I want to share with you that when I'm traveling and when I'm in your communities, I always like to offer this as a program to be able to go into your average grocery store and shop, take everyone's grocery list and look and see what is kosher and give an explanation of what kosher is and why we why we do kosher and what's the significance of that and how to find kosher foods. I, I did my own shopping. Um, the church that I was hosted at, at said to me, Jonathan, what can we get you as a snack that will be kosher that you can eat while you're with us? Cause we want you to be our guests and feel comfortable. And I, and I will always am thrilled with the opportunity of taking people through a grocery store and looking because even in some of the most remote places in, uh, in the United States, you can certainly find lots and lots of food products that are kosher. So I did what I needed to do, drove to Clarksville, Tennessee, where I checked into my hotel. And I'll tell you a little secret. When I spend Shabbat, I I don't travel fancy at all. But when I spend Shabbat in a hotel, I always like to use my status. That's why I, I typically stay at Marriott and Hilton properties to get a free upgrade to a room that has a bedroom door that closes. They call that a suite. That's fine. It makes it sound a little bit more exotic than it is but it's a bedroom door that closes with a kitchenette because on on Shabbat, on the Sabbath, 
we don't turn lights on and off. So this allows me to leave the lights off in the bedroom, but have lights on in the sitting room where I'm often hosting people um, for, for visiting, for, for uh, joint worship, Bible study, and of course, meals together. So I got my upgrade at the hotel. They were very gracious. Second time I was there, it was delightful. And I had a little kitchenette and I was able to prepare a delightful, traditional, but very modest Shabbat meal for Friday night, where I had the privilege of hosting several people from Mosaic Church, where I was to be their guest the following day. This is now for Friday night, and then Saturday and Sunday, I would be speaking in the church. It was a lovely meal. I was actually quite impressed. I love to cook, and so I'm very good around a kitchen, but it's impressive what you can make in a very, very small kitchen environment that's not a kosher kitchen. And that that goes with the uh, conversation about what is kosher. So how does somebody who's an Orthodox Jew prepare a kosher meal in a non-kosher setting? And how how can we even uh, do that in your home? So that was amazing. The Friday night was wonderful. My, my, um, the food I made, I had ordered some, uh, some brisket, they prepared some potatoes to go with it. And I think there was another side dish. I also purchased some things, but in my head, I got into the idea of making chicken cacciatore. Now, I'm sure there's a more fancy recipe, but I was able to buy kosher chicken breast, a delicious jar of kosher uh, uh, tomato sauce. And I cut up fresh vegetables, peppers, and uh, mushrooms, and uh, mini, uh, mini uh, cherry tomatoes, and threw them in and baked it for a while. And everything came out delicious and tender. And if that makes your, uh, gives you an appetite to eat something really yummy, then I'm going to invite you to invite me to your community where we can do this together as well. Saturday afternoon, before Shabbat ended, I had another amazing experience. Another uh, ministry came over to my hotel. We sat in the lobby. I had uh, already purchased a, a bunch of snacks and drinks, so I was able to host them almost as if it was in my home. And we spoke about a wide range of things from life in Israel and, and, and living as an Orthodox Jew. And what, of course, what the Genesis one, two, three foundation and our vision of building bridges between Christians and Jews and Christians with Israel in ways that are new and unique and meaningful. And after that, when, when Shabbat ended, when the sun went down, um, I did, I, I, uh, hosted what we call Havdalah, a, 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 um, the, the special, um, brief service that we do at the end of the Sabbath, distinguishing between the Sabbath and now the beginning of the work week of the regular week ahead. That was delightful. It was great to meet, uh, to, to be able to see some old friends and make some new acquaintances as well. New friends, I should say. I don't want to diminish that. But again, I don't want to mention everybody because I know I will forget people and I hate when I do that. But I, all along the way, it was amazing. There are certain people though, who, who I need to give a specific shout out for. And that's Pastor Anthony Daly at the, at Mosaic Church in Clarksville, Tennessee. Now I had also visited, um, Pastor Daly and, and, uh, Mosaic Church two years ago, just before the pandemic and promised that I was going to come back because they were building a brand new church, uh, facility that was supposed to be ready that summer, the summer of 2020. And I said, Pastor, I'm going to come back. I'm going to bring you a mezuzah, the thing that we hang as Orthodox Jews, that we hang on our doorpost because of the biblical injunction in Deuteronomy to do so. We put them on the doorposts of our homes and of our homes of worship and uh, places of business, etc. And I said, I want to bring you one for your new home. Unfortunately, that was delayed by two years because of the pandemic. But Pastor Daly not only welcomed me back, and I was able to finally bring the mezuzah that uh, that I had promised, and and looks really great on the on the blue entryway. We, I got a, a color that would really stand out, and and, and something that would be noted, but also a, a piece of art which I'll talk about in a little bit when I talk about my uh, couple of days in Kentucky. However, the highlight of that day, I spoke in both of the uh, morning uh, worships at uh, Mosaic Church, but it wasn't me doing a monologue like I am now following prepared remarks. It was me in a dialogue with Pastor Daly concluding, or in the midst of then, a program that he was doing all the month of March called Happy Together, 
which was relating to aspects of traditional family. And I got the privilege of speaking from the perspective of an Orthodox Jew and biblical perspectives on family. We learned a lot of things together. And I, uh, we, we discussed the fact that there's really not a biblical example of just a perfect, happy family, Norman Rockwell sitting around a fireplace um, where everyone's just happy and perfect. There's a lot of dysfunction. In, in our, in the biblical family models. And, and, and that's actually a good thing because it shows us that we're all kind of normal, that we all fit in, uh, what, no matter what our differences are, no matter what the challenges are that we have in our life. Now, that episode, that visit be, became last week's podcast episode where Rather than me interviewing Pastor Daly or another guest, as you may be used to having me uh, do on the podcasts um, that you've listened to thus far, he interviewed me and we had a fabulous dialogue. Uh, when I travel, and I've done this a lot in the past, but never for the podcast, I call it live in front of a studio audience where I get an opportunity to speak. And this was great because I used the audio from that as the podcast last week. I really strongly want to encourage you to go back after you've listened to this, listen to last week's episode. Uh, it gave me such a renewed um, renewed appreciation for Pastor Daly, for his breadth of knowledge, for his love of, of, uh, of, of Israel and the Jewish people and the Bible, the, our shared uh, Bible that we have, and to bring it to his Christian audience, to bring it to his um, to his church as well. It was really amazing. It was a great privilege to be able to be there. And I'm so grateful for that. And after that, we had lunch together, more time for fellowship, quiet, one-on-one, just being able to relax and build the relationship because relationships are so, so <coughs> important. Uh, we, we got a really great opportunity to visit, which I so appreciate. And then I raced back to Nashville about an hour south checked into a different hotel, and then at night spoke at the fourth of four services at Casa de Dios. Now, if you haven't figured that out, that's an Hispanic church. It's, a, uh, it, it's quite a large church. I was connected with the pastors there and, and specifically Bishop Rodriguez uh, a few years ago. I don't remember, but we only got the opportunity to really meet and get to know each other earlier this week, this year. And in the context of doing so, they said, Jonathan, please come and speak. But we want you to speak in all of our services. They have four services on Sunday. And I told him, Bishop, I said, look, I already promised that that Sunday morning, I'll be in, Clark- in Cleve- um, Clarksville, Tennessee at uh, at Mosaic Church. But I promised that I will come back. And I look forward to that. Now, what was so unique, first of all, it was live. And I spoke in English, but because it's an Hispanic church, there was a parallel translation. I'm actually waiting to see the, the video, but as soon as I do, it will go up on our YouTube page as well. One of the incredible things about Casa de Dios, in addition to the uh, Bishop Rodriguez and all of the pastors and, and, and how I was received, it's the only church that I've ever been in, and I've been in many, that not only has an Israeli flag, some have them indoors, some have them outdoors, but at the beginning of every service, not because I was there, they do this for years. They sing Israel's national anthem, Hatikva, which is incredible. It was so inspiring. It was really emotional for me to be in a church with, with Hispanic Christians singing the national anthem of my country and, and connecting with them. And what was also so amazing is that Bishop Rodriguez himself has never even been to Israel yet, but he knows that God calls him as a Christian to love Israel and and, and they honor that by singing Israel's national anthem at the beginning of every service that they do, four services a week, every single week. I was asked at uh, Casa de Dios to speak about why it's important for Christians to support Israel and for and to be aligned with what God is doing in Israel. And I think it went pretty well. I was told I got a really good response, and I was told they that I exceeded expectations, which is always um, always nice, even if the expectations were super low. But but in addition to all of that, I have to say, and if you followed me, you've probably heard me use this phrase a little bit. I was able to build some new relationships, and relationships are so important because far too often you find organizations, Jewish, Christian, uh, from Israel, America, all over the world, that are really not looking 
to build relationships, but are looking to what I call objectify Christians as a faith-based ATM. Simply find the easiest way to get money out. And I had a conversation, a very open conversation with Bishop Rodriguez about that because he wanted to be sure that I'm not coming there to do that. And I said, no, I'm coming there to build bridges. I want, I want to really create relationships. It's so important. And it's so important in the Hispanic world, not just in the U.S. where there are a lot of Spanish speakers, but all around the U.S., all around the world, Central America, South America, and even Spain, of course, uh, where, where people, um, kind of treat Hispanic Christians as an afterthought that, oh, you'll get a translation. I wanted to be there and be live. And actually I opened up my, uh, my, my, uh, comments that, that day with an apology for not studying Spanish in high school and instead choosing French. I think Spanish today in my life would have been much more, um, practical, much more appreciative. So I had an amazing evening. I was on a high. It was, it was so incredible to be there. Had they greeted me with such warmth, such sincerity, and uh, and I do look forward to going back. Now, then I got to go the next morning. I had a, a visit with a fraternity brother who I hadn't seen in over thirty years, um, who happens to live in in the Nashville area. It was very lovely that he came and met me for coffee at my hotel, and we had a a really great way to catch up and catch up, kind of as. Mature adults, uh, mature adults who are parents and grandparents and, and having an opportunity to explore a different relationship. And every now and then I'll allow myself a pleasure of just something personal along the way. And he was so interested and impressed as a Christian. Um, because when, when, when I chose to be in a fraternity, we kind of chose people who were alike, who were not all Jewish and not all Christian, but all a big, a big mixture. So we, we were learning about one another then at this formative period. And now as mature adults with a little gray hair, uh, or, or in my case, a lot of gray hair, able to explore uh, a, a lot of how we've matured and what we're about in depth. And from there, I raced off to Kentucky. And I have to tell you, as you listen to this, one of the main reasons I came back to the, to the United States uh, on this trip was to visit Kentucky. Now, I only spent a few hours in Kentucky one day, once, two years ago, when I happened to be in Clarksville, which is very close to the Kentucky border. And I had said to myself, listen, I've never been to Kentucky. I'm going to go to Kentucky and uh, do some things so I can say that I was in Kentucky. And that was lovely. But now I had a very special reason for wanting to go back. You may recall back in December, Kentucky was devastated, simply devastated by, I believe, if I remember correctly, over 200 tornadoes touching down. Um, maybe it wasn't 200 tornadoes, maybe it was dozens of tornadoes, but whatever it was, one of them left a 200 mile trail of damage in its wake. And I was sitting here in Israel watching the news. My, uh, I'm getting emotional just thinking about what I saw and felt then and how many people's lives and the property was damaged. And I was praying, what can I do? What can I, Jonathan Feldstein, as an Orthodox Jew heading the Genesis 1-2-3 foundation, which builds bridges between Jews and Christians and Christians with Israel, what can we do to be a blessing to uh, to the people in Kentucky? Because you know the scripture of Genesis 12-3, God says, I will bless those who bless you. And he says, I will curse those who curse you. But he also says, the families of the world will be blessed through you. That's an obligation to me. That's not just something that people around the world can look toward Israel and the Jewish people to be a source of blessing. But to me, that's an obligation. And I wanted to be a blessing. So I created a beautiful, mentioned when I was speaking about my visit in Mosaic Church, that I brought a mezuzah that they would put on their doorpost. But I also, from the concept of the mezuzah, I created a magnificent piece of art. I've written about this, and I want to invite you to Google me, Jonathan Feldstein, and the title of the article, Blessing Kentucky from Israel, that was on Times of Israel, and I think a few other websites, Jerusalem Post, and others, I think, shared it as well. The idea was very simple. We place uh, this scripture from Deuteronomy on the doorposts of our homes and our places of worship and our businesses and our schools. 
as a sign, as a reverence to remember that we're, that we're obliged to God and that he's always got us. He's always covering us. And we do this <coughs> on the doorposts of our homes because that's what it says in Deuteronomy to place them on the doorposts. So we do that and we do that and we take that as a, uh, as a biblical obligation, but also as a way to remind ourselves about God and, and wherever we are, that God is always uh, keeping his promises and what his promises are. And if anyone wants to get information about this, the piece of art came out beautifully. Um, haven't even thought, formally announced it yet, but I guess I am. We're selling them now for $74, which will allow us to give, uh, have some more money to continue to invest in why we made them to begin with. And this was to be a blessing to the people of Kentucky. So I started out in um, Bowling Green and I met a new friend, Pastor Stephen Ayers. And then I drove to Madisonville and I met Pastor Michael Knight, who's become a good friend as well. Uh, spent hours with each of them that could, could have gone on for days. Uh, we got to know each other. Each of them took copies of this beautiful piece of art to give out to people in their communities as a blessing from Israel because they saw, they knew that their communities had been hit hard. And in fact, um, Pastor Stephen Ayers said to me that in the following week, he was going to be having people from his men's ministry go out to uh, to help rebuild homes of people who, who whose homes had been destroyed. Still three months later, people are living um, with without their homes being repaired. And I saw much much more of that, which I'll speak about. So he was able to take, I don't know, few dozen of them, maybe 50 or so. I printed hundreds and they were in the end, they were all taken and I had to give them, uh, I had to order, order more along the way twice, in fact. And I gave them to both of the pastors to give out. And then um, Pastor Knight said to me, you need to go to Dawson Springs because that's where you're going to see that's closest and it's going to where you're going to see the most damage. Now, if you go to the Genesis one, two, three foundation YouTube page. You'll find a video there about an eight minute video. I did standing on the rubble of someone's home while across the street, they were framing out someone's new house. And so I brought these beautiful, stunning, honestly, stunning pieces of art with the scripture in English and beneath it, the Hebrew and a depiction of the land of Israel that, that now that I'm home, you can see out my uh, office and bedroom window. Um, it's really stunning here, the view, a view of the land. And I wanted to be a blessing from Israel to the people of Kentucky. So I went out giving these things all over as I asked directions. I went to the um, city hall. I stopped asking directions where at a, at a place where it was clear they were giving away food uh, to people whose homes had still been destroyed. I was in the post office because I needed to mail some of these to one of the donors of the, to the project. And I decided I was going to specifically do it in uh in um Dawson Springs so to the extent that my little bit of spending money on postage would go to contribute to the economy there that that was important and one of the ladies in the hotel said oh can we have one for so and so who who works here whose house was destroyed i drove by a church and i saw a um car in the front in front of the front door so i quickly did a u turn and went back and knocked on the door and went back and spoke to a guy named buddy buddy told me about how uh, he and his wife were in their storm shelter and uh, heard some noise. They were prepared. They were all ready. They heard the news that right now tornadoes are touching down in Dawson Springs. And at that at that moment, they heard noise for about 30 seconds. And he thought they, they missed most of it. He went upstairs from the storm shelter to find his house was totally destroyed. So he took one of the uh, one of the pieces of art for for his new home and for the church as well. And on and on, I accidentally gave a woman named uh, Do um, Doris a copy of one in Spanish. And she said, oh, I, I'd rather have an English one, but there's a Mexican restaurant down the down the road. Maybe you can give a Spanish one to them. So I, because I had made them in Spanish to give to uh, Bishop Rodriguez at Mosaic Church. So I was driving all around Kentucky, giving these things out hundreds and hundreds of miles and literally being a blessing. There were some people who wept. Um, I ran out, as I said, I had to print more of them. Uh, almost every time I went somewhere, I was asked, can I get one for so-and-so? Um, speaking about their friends and their loved ones who home, whose homes were also destroyed. And that was the objective. I didn't need to see everybody. I didn't need to physically be there, but I wanted so much 
to be a blessing. And it was such a success. So if you'd like to sponsor one of these, you can go to genesis123.co, make a donation for $74. Someone asked me why 74, Jonathan, and, and, and there are two reasons there. One is 74 is the number of years Israel's coming into. We're about to celebrate our 74th anniversary. So that's a good number, but also 74 is an odd number to be making donations. So that way I know that everyone who makes a donation for $74 is getting one of these beautiful pieces of art. They're not cheap. They're really not cheap. The postage, the shipping tube, everything together, it, 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 it costs, but we're, but we're covering our costs. We're going to have a little bit more money left over. If, uh, if you donate $74, we will uh, send one to you. And if you donate $148, then we will send one to you and prepare for, uh, for, for churches and other schools and, and people who lost everything and their homes who are in Kentucky who are still hurting. So please consider that as, a, as an opportunity for you to be part of this amazing blessing people from Israel. My next stop. Uh, it was actually very funny. I didn't realize I was driving through a time a, a time change, so I was an hour late to my appointment at the state uh, at the state capitol in Frankfort, Kentucky. Now I was introduced by a very uh, roundabout way that I won't I won't share the, the the history of that to Representative Walker Thomas, whose district is not anywhere that I was, but I was able to connect with him, and through him, he hosted me and introduced me to about twenty other representatives. Um, elected representatives in the Kentucky state legislature. That was about a, that was about 20% of the hundred members of the state legislature. And all were so gracious, all greeted me with warmth and appreciation for what I was there in Kentucky doing when I was telling the story and showing them the pieces of the art. And everyone wanted a piece of the art and everyone asked that I should sign them, which I did. But they, it's kind of, it was kind of humbling. They were asking me to sign these as if I was the artist. Uh, I, was, I was introduced to the governor very briefly, who heard what I came to Kentucky to do and was so grateful and appreciative. And he asked if he could have one of the signed pieces of art. So, of course, the governor of Kentucky now is a proud owner of what I call the Inside Out Mezuzah. I've got a lovely tour of the stunning state capitol. I want to tell you, I've, only, I've been in a couple of state capitals in my life. Even here in Israel, our Knesset building is beautiful, but the symbolism with which the the, the um, Kentucky legislature and governor did when they built the Capitol, wow, it's so, so beautiful. And there's so many great stories of the history of Kentucky that's depicted in things as mundane as the doorknobs. If you're ever in Frankfort, Kentucky, or want a great excuse Go get a tour of the state capitol in Frankfort, Kentucky. I was truly an honored guest and so privileged to have been there and give out these uh, pieces of art to, to so many of the state legislators. Actually, since I came home or since I left Kentucky, I received other requests for, from people in Kentucky. Could they also get pieces of the art? So under another reason why I want to ask and encourage you to please consider a $74 or $148 donation at genesis123.co so we can, can, can continue to do this. And then my next stop was relatively close by, still in Kentucky. And we were going into the Jewish holiday Purim, where we celebrate all of the, um, all of the miracles in the book of Esther. And it was important to me to be able to be in a Jewish community. So I was really thrilled to spend my my Purim at Chabad. I mentioned Chabad before in Nashville. It's uh, like a denomination. Um, and they have a uh, small congregation in Lexington, Kentucky, under the auspices of Rabbi Litvin, who I had been in touch with before and so enjoyed getting to meet and really, really, really enjoyed my time. It was so great to be part of this small Jewish community. There were lots of Israelis who were there as expats living overseas. And I want to give a shout out to Rabbi Lifton because he was one of the ones who helped inspire um, me making this beautiful gift to be a blessing to people in Kentucky. And I got to give him one and we posed for a picture in his yard where he has a big mural of of the Western Wall, um, which is really nice because if you don't know, when we pray, we pray facing Jerusalem, we pray facing 
the Western Wall, or, or to be more specific, the Temple Mount. And uh, and it was so nice to be able to be there as part of a Jewish community celebrating this incredible festival in a traditional Jewish way. Now, the next morning, after I was done with um, with the traditional celebrations in Lexington, I had a couple of hours drive to uh, Middlesboro, Kentucky, place I had never been, but I had definitely heard of. I was the guest of my friends at the Binghamton Baptist Church, where we did a very untraditional Purim celebration, but I couldn't not be there and not offer to do something. And again, when I'm in your communities, if you're, if you have me around uh, a Jewish holiday, we're going to be speaking about that or maybe making it really interactive as I did. Um, I was so pleased to meet with pastors William and Boyd Bingham, the, 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 the senior and, um, gee, I don't remember if his title is associate or assistant pastor, but it doesn't matter. Father and son who were the tremendous leaders at the Binghamton Baptist Church. And I'll tell you in a minute about how we became friends and how we got to know each other, but they have a, they have a school connected to their church. And I was able to speak hosting a Purim celebration with their fifth through 12th grade um, students. It was unbelievable. I, I planned this. This was not something that you just go into and do impulsively. I brought gifts from Israel. We use a special noisemaker, which in Hebrew is called a Rashan, which literally means noisemaker. So that when we read Haman's name in, uh, in, in the book of Esther, we, we, we blot it out. We blot it out with noise because he was so evil. We don't want to even hear his name. Um, we had a fun, interactive, uh, teaching with the students. I would ask questions when they got a question right. I would t- throw them a piece of chocolate that I brought from Israel. It was really fun. And actually, Pastor Boyd told me recently that the students are still speaking about it. And he walked into a class recently and, and somebody said, Hey, Pastor, what's the name of the bad guy from? Uh, the book of Esther and, and Pastor Boyd's at Haman and they started making noise. So, so I've definitely made an impact at the students and at the Binghamton Baptist Church in uh, Middlesboro, Kentucky. What an amazing opportunity. I want to speak so highly of, uh, of Mrs. Bingham's, uh, going out and getting kosher food for me. It's an hour and a half each way to Knoxville, which is about the closest place that you can buy kosher food. And she went out of her way to get me kosher food that you could provide a kosher meal, not even knowing that it's a tradition on Purim to eat a special festive meal, but I got to eat a special festive meal with them um, as if they were old friends as no, we were old friends just meeting for the first time. And how did we get to meet? Well, again, I'm going to ask you to pause this or make a note after to listen, um, to go back to, the inspiration from Zion, um, Facebook, uh, excuse me, not Facebook, YouTube channel, the Genesis one, two, three YouTube channel, where we host the inspiration from Zion webinar series. Sorry if I'm being confusing between inspiration from Zion and Genesis one, two, three, go to the Genesis one, two, three foundation YouTube channel and scroll back to last summer where we had an amazing, amazing podcast, uh, not podcast, sorry, I'm getting confused again, webinar that we that I hosted with Pastor Boyd. The title of that and an article that you might want to Google that I wrote by the same name is Till Kingdom Come Unmasked. And how I connected with Pastor Boyd was because he was featured in a Israeli documentary that was produced, I think, in 2020. That was so horrible. It was so defamatory toward why Christians support Israel, that I reached out to him afterwards simply to thank him for his heart for Israel, because I was able to discern through the really bad message of this Israeli film, which is called Till Kingdom Come, that he had a tremendous heart for Israel and was sincere, but I also could tell that he was being grossly misrepresented. Our first conversation when I when I was able to speak to him after calling to say thanks was about two hours long. And I asked him in that conversation, Pastor, can I tell your story? Can I tell why you really love Israel? Can I tell how you were misrepresented? And after praying about it, he told me, yes, that I could. And I would be the only person to do that. He trusted me, uh, which was a great 
um, affirmation of the friendship that we had already established until that point. So I want to encourage you to take some time, watch the video on uh, YouTube, on the Genesis 123 Foundation YouTube channel from last summer called Till Kingdom Come Unmasked. You'll see me and Pastor Boyd. If you want to Google the article that wrote about it, you can also, it's by the same name, Till Kingdom Come Unmasked. And this was the opportunity, the first opportunity for me to go and meet them in person. And, and what gracious, lovely people and a beautiful church that's so biblically inspired. I can't, I, there's not, there, there aren't enough good things that I can say about my time and visit and, and the leadership there and their heart for Israel and why they support Israel. Like most Christians, it's, 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 it's with no strings attached. This is just genuine love because God says, I will bless those who bless you and to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And that's all sincere. Now I'm going to begin to wrap up what's, what's my last week after I left Middlesbrough. I had one of my longest drives to Charlotte, North Carolina, beautiful drive. By the way, all of the driving I did, all of the 2000 miles across these eight states, was so incredible because I'm so reminded I was born in America. I've traveled across America. The United States is such a stunning, beautiful country. And even though it was not yet spring and things weren't blossoming, so the trees were bare, I got to see some of the most beautiful land, rolling hills, um, forests, and, 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 and just stunning things. I think I was in three different mountain ranges. Um, really, really stunning. And I so appreciated that. On my drive to Charlotte, was kind of uh, harried because I was going there to prepare for Shabbat again. And I didn't really have a lot of food and I didn't have a caterer that I could order food from. So I was going to be kind of at the um, at the whim of what was available in the grocery store after I l- arrived in Charlotte. And I got there, I found a grocery store, I got what I needed. I had arranged to have, I knew I was going to really need some more time to relax this Shabbat that Shabbat in Charlotte more than uh, more than the previous one because of the grueling schedule that I had had, and so I arranged for friends to come and meet me for meals and 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 celebrate and have some really wonderful fellowship together. And despite the fact that there was much less kosher food available where I was, I put on a great spread with wonderful friends. And always enjoy doing that. And again, when I'm in your community, if there's an opportunity, there's only only Shabbat comes once once a week. So there's only a limited number of times that I can do Shabbat in different communities. But I do love doing that and love to speak with you about that as one of the projects that I do, one of the programs when I'm traveling. Sunday was amazing. Sunday, I got to go back and visit an old friend, um, Pastor Ray Hardy, who's an advisory board member of the Genesis one, two, three foundation and, and, uh, uh, and previous participant in run for Zion. In fact, he always likes to remind, remind people that he's the current record holder for run for Zion, uh, in, in the, in the men's category. Um, Pastor Ray hosted me at his church, the point church, where we had an amazing conversation and it was fascinating and God could not have made the timing any better. Um, he was beginning the book of Joshua, ending Deuteronomy and beginning Joshua as he does a year-long uh, Bible study uh, throughout throughout the whole Bible. So very conveniently and coincidentally, which you probably know and are aware from Joshua, when they when Joshua led the conquest of Jericho, how was that done? Encircling the city and blowing a shofar, a ram's horn. Happens that Pastor Ray, because of um, some incentives that I was doing for Run for Zion, and we'll be doing again this coming year, um, uh, won himself a beautiful Ramsborn shofar that he pulled out and said, Jonathan, maybe you can sound this thing. And so at the end of both services, I was able to blow the shofar and make the sound that Joshua and the Jewish people did as we were encircling and conquering Jericho upon coming back into the land after 40 years in, in, uh, in the desert and returning from being slaves in Egypt. So that was an amazing, amazing visit. And then I hopped on the road again. And I had a, a, a quick night in Charlottesville. Remember, I said this is one of uh, one of 15 different places that I slept. Unbelievable what my, my pace that I was uh, keeping. And I got to meet new friends, Katarina and pastors, um, 
two two pastors um, who were also treated me as an honored guest. And we discovered that we had common friends and it was great to visit and uh, new relationships. They, they, I got to share about Genesis one, two, three foundation and our vision. And it was inspiring for them. And I'm looking forward to working together with all, with everybody. The meetings were separate, but each was a new friend, but it felt like I was visiting old friends. And before leaving Charlottesville, where you can also buy some kosher food, my, what we call my bonus mother, my Beaumont, um, Priscilla met me there. She lives about 45 minutes away and we went shopping together. This was another amazing kosher. What is kosher shopping experience with Jonathan? Except this is fascinating because the closest woman, the woman who's closest to being a, a actual mother, living mother for me is Priscilla. And I got to visit with her. And of course, she's inviting her friends to meet her bonus son, her Orthodox Jewish son from Israel. And being a Christian woman, that's always a great conversation starter. And I got to spend a couple of nights with her. We had some amazing meals together, which we were able to prepare complete in a, in a completely kosher environment because of our, our working together and her being open-minded and wanting to learn and understand. And it was fascinating because so much... Uh, kosher seems like it's such a big mystery for so many, but it's really very simple if you follow. So we got to go shopping together. We got, she, it, it was a required stop that I had an opportunity to relax because as my bo- bonus mother, she, um, really made sure that I was well taken care of. And it was also a place that I could do laundry, uh, for the first time along the way. And that, because even when you're doing the schedule that I do, it's not always even possible to leave laundry at a laundromat to get uh, washed and folded. So that was an amazing, tremendous and necessary perk. From uh, from Priscilla's house, I drove north um, as I'm wrapping up my East Coast tour and, and made a important stop in Culpeper, Virginia. And I visited good friends, Lori and Dewey Turner, who, who, who own the Willow Run Greenhouse there and who are sponsors of this podcast, of the Inspiration from Zion podcast. I got to see their, um, their incredible facility. Really amazing what they do, the turnaround of all of the, um, of all the, um, plants that go for, for all, I mean, everything you can imagine. Um, really unbelievable business that they have importing things from as far away as Hawaii and and lots from Florida and they're really central so I always say at the conclusion of the podcast if you're in or near Culpeper Virginia go and thank them well I got the opportunity to do that I got to thank them in person and their staff because Lori and Dewey are such gracious um, um, supporters of Israel they actually have a line in their budget Oh dear, I forget what they call it, but it's the beginning, something like almighty that in their budget, in their, in the expenses, they know that they're setting aside a tithe for Israel. And, and so we're so grateful. I'm grateful personally in the Genesis one, two, three foundation for their generous and gracious support. And what a great way to kind of wrap up that day as I headed to the airport to fly to Dallas. Now, Dallas, if you're getting tired, by the way, I'm talking for almost an hour now. I'm almost done. But if you're getting tired, imagine what I felt like after 24 days sleeping in 15 hotels. It was amazing and exhilarating and exhausting. So I fly to Dallas where I'm attending the Jerusalem prayer breakfast. Now, there's a lot easier opportunity. Friend picked me up at the airport, drove me to North Dallas where it's very easy to find kosher food. But I had to stock up because I was going to be in a hotel for three nights, including Shabbat. So I stocked up on food. I had my kitchenette experience, which I already told you about, so I could prepare the food. Because I was while I was attending the um, Jerusalem prayer breakfast in Dallas, which was simply amazing, simply amazing. I got to see so many friends. Um, not unfortunately, not enough time to see everybody, but the event itself was amazing and inspiring, and and seeing hundreds of people coming out from all over to pray for Israel, to celebrate Israel, to stand with Israel, uh, really, really inspiring. And, and it gave me great strength 
um, at the tail end of the exhausting trip that I had. Uh, and then I got to do Shabbat, Shabbat again in a hotel downtown Dallas. I didn't have an opportunity to go um, back up north to the Jewish community. So everything was all set. And I had friends there walking distance to my hotel, which I had never been to, but always wanted to go and see was the John uh, President Kennedy JFK Memorial uh, at Dealey Plaza next to the uh, what's what was called the still called the um, book depository. Um, that was really emotional. I'd always wanted to be there. Now, I was not born when President Kennedy was shot, but I found it to be tremendously emotional, very historic, and really a great experience. And friends, uh, uh, Parthenia and her sons and others who were with me got to walk. We walked down there and got to experience some of that tremendous history, which even she, as somebody living in Dallas, had never been to before. Very impressive I'm looking here on my desk at the two newspapers I picked up with uh, with the information. I, I find that to be fascinating and sad and and very clear as to certain things that may have happened there in Dallas that day and and some things that you know coincidences. I, we we look at good things as being not coincidental. Um, the fact that President Kennedy was assassinated that day in Dallas, um, a, a whole other conversation but very sad and um, incredible to be there and see it for the first time in my life. Sunday, oh, I neglected to mention, Sunday I started out also walking distance from my hotel at the First Baptist Church of Dallas. Now, if you if you follow pro-Israel things like I do, or I'm living in Israel, you probably know who pa- uh, Pastor Robert Jeffress is. He's the senior pastor at First Baptist of Dallas. I was so impressed with the facility that they've built and the history and how beautiful the buildings are, both the original building, which has been um, uh, renovated, but preserving its original stunning beauty, as well as the new church and the message that Dr. Jeffress gave uh, gave that day. Um, really very impressive and inspiring. I was told that they had a magnificent choir. I did not expect the fantastic orchestra that went with the choir. What an amazing experience. And so nice to be greeted as a guest, as an honored guest, um, like they did for me. Um, I was so appreciative. It was incredible to be there. And and, uh, I look forward to going back at a brief visit, but a great opportunity to make new friends who I hope will come visit here in Israel and join Run for Zion and me going back to Dallas as well. Then I got to go for the first kosher lunch, first kosher meal out with a very good friend, Dr. Ron Beals, who drove a couple of hours to come and see me and do his Passover shopping, even though one of the incredible things is that Dr. Beals is not Jewish, but he wants to celebrate the biblical festivals the way we do it. And and in many places in his community is a um, more knowledgeable, more knowledgeable about Jewish traditions than many of the Jews in his own community. Dr. Beals is the founder of the East Texas Bible Prophecy Forum and has become a dear friend. And it was so nice to see him. And I had a great burger, I have to tell you, and so grateful for him and his husband and his wife and their hospitality. It was amazing to see them. Wrapping up my trip the following morning, it was Monday, I got to drive to the far west side of Dallas, actually Fort Worth, where I uh, visited Kenneth Copeland Ministry and did a video with my good friend, Julie Cerrone. Now, she was hosting me to do a video on a program that's coming up as part of Kenneth Copeland Ministry. But it was interesting because a few weeks earlier, while she was here in Jerusalem, we did a live podcast recording together. So, And I I really want to urge you to go back and, and rewind that. It's a lovely coincidence that a couple of the um, podcasts that I've done. I, I neglected to mention with Pastor Ray Hardy, we've done a podcast together speaking about Run for Zion back in the fall. But um, a couple of podcasts have come along the way of this. Uh, and, and I want to encourage you to go back and listen to the one with uh, with Julie Cerrone. But amazing to be able to uh, to join her and uh, and do some media there. And I look forward to that coming out always, always wanting to build bridges and be part of having dialogues and conversations about how we Jews and Christians um, have so much more in common than than that which divides us. Uh, left um, 
uh, Fort Worth. And on the way to Houston, I made a detour uh, to visit other good friends, Pastor Linda Chandler, her husband, Gary, who's a good friend. And what's so nice is they drove out of their way and brought me, brought me a kosher sandwich from Austin, which I was able to have as my lunch as we sat. It was a very funny scene for anyone who's been driving in Texas or driving through Texas. Um, we sat outside Bucky's in, in uh, beach chairs that they brought and um, had a lovely visit um, as, a, as a rest stop for me on the way to Houston and, and a great way to catch up. And I do want to mention it was so special for me in this whole trip to be able to visit not only with several of the advisory board members. Um, and again, if I, if I mention more, then I'll forget those that I saw. And that's not cool. I don't like to leave people out. Um, but I really love the fact that I was able to see all of the um, uh, executive board members, including Linda Chandler, including Donna, and including Brian along the way who came to visit me at the hotel in Dallas. And uh, then I ended up in Houston. Um, also graciously, a good friend, um, Pastor Todd Schumacher drove in from Louisiana. He had to, fortunately had to be in Houston around the same time. So it was a great coincidence. He took me out for a really great kosher breakfast that morning. And, uh, and we got to visit and catch up. And, and it was a nice way to kind of decompress from all of this uh, trip um, with a good friend who, 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 who's, who's actually hosted me in his community for Shabbat previously as well in Lake Charles. And, uh, and then wrapping up kind of the business, if you will, I was the guest of um, uh, uh, my, my new friend Adnan from uh, CTN in Houston. I can't wait to see what, what the broadcast will be about. But as a Christian from Pakistan, we had so much in common culturally being Middle Eastern, but also, uh, also so much to learn about one another. And I can't wait to see that episode. And I'm so grateful as to how they received me there at CTN. Uh, as new friends. And I look forward to, to keeping that up as well. Um, all along the way, I prayed to get an upgrade on my flight going home and was able to get an upgrade, not to business class. Now I won't spend the money. You should know when you're donating money to Genesis 123 Foundation, I'm not going to spend the money. No, I'm not going to spend your money on, uh, on an upgrade to business class. That's, um, a little bit inappropriate, but because of my status, so the airline will occasionally give me some upgrades, and they did. I got a comfortable seat in United's Priority uh, Plus, and I'll give a shout out to United Airlines. I don't know if any of them are better or worse, but United has been tremendously loyal to me over the last two years, maintaining my status as a 1K member who used to fly 100,000 plus miles, and I guess I probably will be getting back to that and uh, I'm, I'm grateful for them. Uh, it's important for me that they give me the perks that I get, including these opportunities for an upgrade. I'm just taking a drink now. My throat's a little sore. Hold on. So as I wrap up this episode, I want to kind of end up where I began, thanking the more than 100,000 people who have downloaded the inspiration from Zion uh, podcast. Um, by the time you're listening to this, it'll probably be closer to 110,000. What's amazing about that is that not, not that I'm so special, but that I'm creating content that you're interested in. And I hope this episode has been interesting. I hope it's been a blessing. I hope it's triggered some things for curiosity for, for you to email me at inspirationfromzion at gmail.com and ask questions and connect and understand now you've seen, 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 heard me in action about what we do with the Genesis 123 Foundation and how I've, uh, I don't know that I'm ever going to commit to travel for three and a half weeks again. That's been, that was stressful not being uh, with my family um, for all of us, but it was an incredible blessing. But I really want to thank everyone because um, the, the, podcast is growing organically. I haven't spent any money to promote it. I haven't uh, promoted, I don't think any of the episodes by social media, um, other than just posting them. So the fact that you're listening, and you're still listening here at the end of the uh, at the end of this episode, I'm so grateful for and I really do want to hear from you. I also as I wrap up all of the episodes, I do want to say this, if you stayed with us this long, 
you deserve some acknowledgement. You deserve some a reward. And if you've been following, earlier this year, we began Genesis 1-2-3 Foundation offering a special gift. Um, initially, I started out uh, providing what I called a, uh, a gift, a, a book from Jonathan's bookshelf. Now, while I was in America, I mailed out two of those books to two of the people who have, who have been sharing and following. All I ask is that you go to the Inspiration from Zion social media and like and follow us. And when you comment and share the link to this program, every month I'm going to select a winner at random. In the past, I've been giving away some books. I'll have some other amazing books to give away. But because I've spoken about and because it was such a blessing, I'm I'm offering you the opportunity to win one of the beautiful pieces of art this month. Um, So I, I do want to encourage you to go ahead and follow us and like us and uh, and share this and all the other episodes so so we can have that kind of organic growth and and see 100,000 downloads become 150 and then 200,000 in addition to our friends at the Willow Run Greenhouse who um who are the generous sponsors um and you should go in and say hi and thank them if you're ever in Culpeper Virginia special thanks to the Coin family I didn't get to see them this trip but I do hope I did get to speak to to them and um, got to send them some special gifts from Israel as well. And I'm always grateful for their friendship and meaningful sponsorship. Um, like all the programs um, that the Genesis One Two Three Foundation runs, Inspiration from Zion is made possible by donations. So as I've discussed with you here in this episode today, whether it's uh, donating money to, uh, to pay for a piece of art, which we'll send to you as well, or participating in Run for Zion, or other programs that we do, um, I, I really strongly want to encourage you to uh, to join and, and participate in, uh, in by, by helping to make donation that will help us continue building bridges and make these dialogues possible. If you'd like to sponsor a future episode of Inspiration from Zion in honor or memory of a loved one or a special occasion, I want to encourage you to please be in touch with me at inspirationfromzion at gmail.com. As always, always, this is meant to be interactive, and I'd love to hear your comments as part of a dialogue and invite you to send any questions as well, especially questions you have about traditional Judaism. We've covered some of those topics here today about kosher and Purim and and Shabbat. Um, Send your questions for our Ask the Rabbi program. And lastly, please just share this. Please share this with people who you know who will also find it of interest and continue to join us right here. Uh, as we bring you more meaningful conversations about unique topics relating to Israel that you won't hear anywhere else. It's so wonderful to be home and to be able to send my blessings to you, that you and your loved ones are all safe and healthy wherever you are from right here in the Judean mountains. God bless you and thank you for listening. Hallelujah, al-mashayah.